Hello, we are going over storyline 18, and it deals with 2 Kings 18 through 20. Um, but the main verse for it is 2 Kings 19, 19, which says, Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all kingdoms of earth will know that you alone, Lord, are God. Then it talks about the author saying the kings of southern kingdom Judah were unfaithful in their office. They worshiped and offered sacrifices to foreign gods. King Ahaz and his flagrant apostasy burned his son as an offering to idols and closed the temple sanctuary. These acts of of rebellion incurred divine judgment, and God allowed Judah to be severely weakened by hostile incursions from Jerusalem, or I mean from the Philistines and the Edomites. He returned or hope returns when a righteous king named Hezekiah succeeded Ahaz for a period of time, saving Judah from the exile that befell Israel. Unlike previous kings, Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, 2 Kings 18.3, and promoted major reform of Judah's religious life while reestablishing true worship in the purified and renovated temple. Despite facing threats from the Assyrian king, Sennacherib, Hezekiah turned to the Lord and earnestly prayed for deliverance from the ruthless empire. The Lord heard his prayer and announced through the prophet Isaiah that Judah's deliverance and Sennacherib's fall. So, when we first look at 2 Kings 18, it talks about uh, in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. And he was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. It talks about how he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. I like that point, because it it talks about how his father Ahaz was, you know, it, it it said that he had sacrificed one of his sons to uh, an, a fallen uh, idol. And to us, or at least to me, a lot of times um, if we look at things our past ancestors have done, we feel like that identity follows us. Um, I've met people whose parents have, you know, gone to prison and things. And so they kind of think, well, I'm messed up like them because I'm their child. So I'm going to, to go down that direction. And this is showing that that's not the case. Um, even though his biological father did not do what was right in his eyes of his Lord, his uh, father in faith, uh, David, who was years and years and years and years before him, uh, kind of like a a long-distant great-grandparent, um, too many generations for me to say. God said, like, he's your father. Uh, he He gave him that inheritance through faith, which is pretty cool. And then when it talked about the things he had done that were right in the eyes of the Lord, 
it mentions he took down the high places and smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that point the Israelites had been burning incense to it and called it uh, Nehushtan. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, and there was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept his commands the Lord had given Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he was successful in whatever he undertook. So when we look at a lot of the Old Testament, when it talks about the kings, you'd have a good king, and you'd have a bad king. And you'd have a good king, and then a bad king. And there was a lot of bad kings, and a few good kings. Um, one of the reasons it talks about uh, it, there's always this hidden point where it would say, like, they tried to follow the Lord, but they left the high places still there. Or it would say um, that he removed, you know, some of the high places. But here it said he removed the high places, kind of like saying he got rid of all of them. Um it's kind of a hidden point that we don't really think about, um, especially in our modern time uh, in America. Those high places were a a place of worship towards those false idols. So something to think about is as he was doing this, he was essentially kind of purifying the heart of Israel, getting it ready to serve the Lord. When all the other kings before him didn't do that or didn't do it completely, there was always a turning back to the bad. Um, but when he got rid of those, he they were able to successfully turn to him, turn to the Lord and follow him. So... If there's things in our lives um, where we have high places that we haven't submitted to the Lord and we haven't um, torn them down in our hearts, essentially there's that, um, that stronghold that's still there. There's something there that will trip us up in the future. And I know for me and work, uh, I had a lot of times where I have these ideas and plans of what I think God wants me to do. And so, or not even that, you know, I just have these ideas and plans of what I want to do. And maybe I don't even submit them to God. Uh, and there's so much thought and passion that goes into those ideas and plans that they become these high places, essentially. But then when I'm trying to do something that serves the Lord later, you know, I, I kind of forget that I even had those ideas and plans. But essentially at some point, those always trip me up and I want to go back to them. Um, and so I encourage each of us to look in our hearts, to ask the Lord if there's something we had not brought to him, we hadn't submitted to him, we haven't torn them down and said, Lord, these are 
these were not plans that you gave us. These were plans I came up with. You know, I want to remove these now and submit them to you so that we can follow your will. Um, they're sneaky. So that, those are important things to think about. And then that, the second thing that kind of stood out was it talked about that bronze snake Moses made. Um, you know, that that was a great thing that the Lord did. He used that bronze snake to bring healing to the Israelites when they were getting bitten by um, the, the poisonous snakes. And so a lot of us would want to keep something like that. Uh, just like the Israelites did, and to remember what God did. But then over time, it became this thing where they were worshiping it. It was no longer about what God did, but about this bronze snake and its power. So with that, there are some times when God calls us to do something in our lives, but we decide to... You know, we we go full force in it, and we're excited and running with it, but then eventually, instead of going to God with all of it, it kind of turns to this, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'll take the reins from here, God, I got it, type thing. And we, we're not submitting to Him, we're not following Him, and we're just doing all of it in our own will. And then this thing that was a great thing, ends up turning into something that's not good. It ends up turning to this uh, false idol that, you know, in a sense we're worshiping because we're no longer worshiping God. And I can see where a lot of us fall into that trap because uh, it's easy to think, well, this aligns with the Bible. It's Obviously, it's what God told me to do it. And granted, he might have told us at one point, but is he still telling us? You know, because the, the, these are important things um, to ask because we got to stay in constant relationship with him. So that's another thing to ask is, do we have a bronze snake in our life that we are holding on to, that we are essentially worshiping that instead of God? Um that we're having a relationship with that, which you you can't have a relationship because it's not living; it's a bronze snake. But with, um, but essentially, instead of worshiping God, we're worshiping this other thing. We're we're following this other thing. We're trusting in this other thing's power. And it, it's an easy thing to to fall into. Um, so those are the two main things that I wanted to point out at the beginning. But God does a lot of awesome things in Hezekiah's life. Uh, he, you know, it's said that he was successful in everything he did and that he was able to rebel against Sennacherib um, and still be successful because God was with him. There does come a point, though, towards the end of his reign where he is not so... um, I mean, he's still with God, yes, but his heart, sadly, 
is not in the right place because it it talks about um, him getting sick in Second Kings twenty, and he's about to die, and so he um, he goes to God and pleads for more life. And God goes in and grants it to him, does this awesome act of um, of making the sun go back ten steps, um, which is you know amazing to show him that he was that he's with him, that he's answering his thing, which is uh pretty pretty amazing but it it comes at a cost because uh, you know it he was willing to trade all of that for these extra time um, of peace in his life health in his life but later, there was going to be war um, for his descendants, and they they would, you know, it said that they would be taken into captivity in Babylon. They would become eunuchs, uh, and Hezekiah was like, "The word of the Lord is good. You know what you had said is good. Will there not be peace and security in my lifetime?" That's pretty sad. Um, to think that this great man of God who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord later went down this path. So that's the the, the third thing I wanted to point out. Um, the first was the high places, looking for where those are in our hearts dealing with our careers, um, what things we haven't submitted to them, and tearing those down. The second thing was the bronze snake. You know, looking to see if there's something in our lives that God has done that, you know, was a great thing, um, but now we've turned it into something more than that, or a, a direction that God asked us to, to go, and we we followed and listened, but then we somehow stopped following and listening and started to do our, our own way on it to uh, get rid of, to find those and to get rid of them and, and resubmit ourselves to them. And then the third thing is that we stay strong in the end, that we have a heart still after God which God's heart, as we can see through scriptures, is always about um, taking care of others and loving others. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and strength. And, um, and love your neighbor as yourself. When we get here, at the end of Hezekiah, we see that he was really just loving himself 
And, you know, God granted him what he was asking. And it was kind of like a test, like, are you really wanting this stuff? Uh, because, you know, these blessings are going to come to you, but these other things are going to happen. And he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Peace for me, security for me. You know, God, you're awesome. Thank you. Uh, but not thinking about the future of others. So, ending with that, I'm going to go into prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us a chance to be in your word, to learn from these examples of Hezekiah and, um, you know, the words that you use for Isaiah and prophesying what you were going to do. We ask that you be with each and every one of us, that you help, Holy Spirit, that you search our hearts and show us places in our hearts where we have high places set up, where we have ideas and passions and desires of what we want done in life, uh, whether they're current high places that we're standing at worshiping that we don't realize or whether they're ones in the past that uh, we had forgotten about. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you show those to us and you guide us in how to, you know, renounce those, to repent of those, to smash them, and to to turn to you. I also ask, Holy Spirit, that you speak to each of us and show us if there's a bronze snake in our life where you had done this great feat in our life um, or you asked us to do something and we went running along with it but didn't stay running with you with it. We kind of just went on our own way. Help us to see the truth in those areas. Help us to repent of them and to uh, come back to you in that. And then lastly, I ask that you help us to finish well, to have a heart that's for you and for others, and that we um, that we're not only thinking about ourselves and only worrying about ourselves, but that we truly do submit to you and love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and that we love our neighbors as ourselves, love our children as ourselves, love our future generations, our future, um, our work, how it's supposed to, you know, our f future companies, uh, future employees as ourselves, and that we're looking out for their best interests as well. We ask all this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Have a great weekend and Labor Day.